millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is it. Alton R. Stars podcast. Maybe you listen all the time. Maybe you're new. Maybe you hate me, but you really like this week's guest, and that's why you're listening. Whatever. I thank you for checking this out. If you're new, this is a weekly podcast I host. My name is Chris Payne. I do this podcast for Billboard.com, and I have a conversation with someone in the world of alternative music that I think will be interesting. Usually it winds up being interesting, and I think this week fits had a band called Into It Over It by the Billboard office in New York, chatted to Josh and Evan uh, a couple days after seeing them play a show at Irving Plaza in New York, and we talk about that a lot. Also talk about their new album. It's called Standards. I think it's a great entrance point for getting into the bands. They've released a lot of music before, but this is near the top of what they've done, I think. It's also really accessible, uh, so a good place to, to start with all of their music, and if you're a diehard, well, we talk a lot about people like you in this podcast, what it's like for the guys in the band when the really, really intense fans chat them up after shows, why they think a lot of people outside of the diehards misunderstand them, so a lot of stuff to check out here, I hope you enjoy it, and you know, I've been doing this podcast for eh, over a year, coming up on a year and a half now, so means a lot of old episodes to dig into. Some past guests I've had on who I think you would like if you were into Into It Over It. Beach Slang, Big Ups, Courtney Barnett have all been on the show recently. So to check out those archives, a few ways you can do it. You can just go into iTunes, search the podcasts for the Alt in Our Stars. You can just go into the podcast app on your phone, search for the Alt in Our Stars. Or if you're listening to this on billboards.com. Just go towards the bottom of the story, and there's a link there to go to iTunes and check it all out. And, yeah, feedback is also extremely, extremely important. I thank you so much for all you've been sending me. Uh, The best is to get a star rating. I know if you listen to lots of podcasts, you probably hear hosts always say this, but it's true. Star rating helps immensely with everything that we do. So if you can find it in your heart to do that, I would greatly appreciate it. But either way, just thank you so much for listening. So this is it. Alt in our stars with Intuit over it. Boom. So we're podcasting here with Intuit over it at Billboard. Hell yeah. Hello. <laughs> Killing it. <laughs> <Is that cool? laughs> 
just after a little acoustic performance for, what was it, like 3,000? It, it was a lot of people watching. I didn't get the exact count. Don't look at me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, they just what? told me to play the guitar. I play the guitar. <laughs> what is a number of people who you think were watching? I want to say 5 million. It seems like a nice round number. Yeah, that's a good figure. And also, uh, that would be um, a lot of uh, uh, branding. Yeah. I would work for my branding really well, my are those, brand. Are those unique visits? Or yeah, no, they're, they're refreshed. Uh, they're are refreshed, those unique? Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's, a good, that's a good question to follow that up with. That's like a pro, a pro follow-up right there. You hear some figure like, are those Five unique? Well, I've been in Manhattan for like an hour. It's <laughs> you've, already, you've already heard like, uh, like a week's worth of branding talk, one hour in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, I mean, we're mostly in this office, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I, I work here five days a week, so I can. <laughs> you can relate. That's not too far off. <laughs> but but we uh, we love branding and all things I just that come yearn with branding. To be unbranded. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea for a brand. <laughs> so New York's been good to you guys. I was at the show on Friday night at Irving Plaza, and you guys said that was the most attended Intuit Over It show ever. Yeah, ever of all time. Yeah, it, was, uh, it took the cake as the biggest Intuit Over It show in history, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. How do you compile things like that? Um, just memory. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know we've never played to a room that big before, so the fact that that would happen the other night, that's, I mean, it's pretty easy to remember. <laughs> so basically just looking out into the crowd and, okay, this is more people than I've ever seen before. That's not, well, so I've played shows that are more attended. Lala, right? Because you did Lala. We did Lala. Yeah. We, and we've opened yeah. for, like, Brand New, and we've opened, you know, we did, like, Glow's Rock and stuff. I've done Glow's Rock and stuff. But as far as it being, like, an Intuit Over It headlining show that was, like, our show, that was the biggest show we've ever played. Nice. How did that feel on stage? Just felt awesome. Yeah. It was really, really yeah, it was yeah. super satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> made you feel like the last seven years of my life were yeah. a complete waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, because... You've been doing the band for a while. Yeah, I would since 2008. say 2008. Okay, 2007 so, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and you, I mean, lots of bands, lots of projects, and yeah, it, what is that like in your head when just everything is coalescing into like a moment like that? Like, wow, this is a big one. It feels like the the uh, the project still has ability to grow. Okay, and I think um, knowing that that's possible and knowing that that's still showing signs of return and that there's still um a, there still isn't a ceiling yet on what we're doing that's mm -hmm. makes it inspiring and encouraging to uh keep working just as hard as i was or we were seven years ago yeah, yeah. and i think standards the new album plays a lot better into a big room like that i agree yeah, yeah. i think so too <laughs> yeah absolutely and i think with that kind of crowd environment with that kind of um excitement surrounding the show too and like the uh the give and take between us and the audience that really like allows us to play those songs even better which mm -hmm. is which is really really cool yeah i think that's like especially a song like no eq yeah you know more rock songs totally we had a, we played a show in uh in phoenix and my friend jake who's seen the band dozens of times he's like yeah i love i love that you're playing songs off the new record he's like i can dance it into it over shows now and yeah. not not like slam dance or anything he can actually like dance to the songs because yeah, the songs are yeah. upbeat and uh, he's like, yeah, before, you know, it'd kind of be, you know, working waves, and there'd be, like, a couple, like, one or two I could dance to. But now, like, he's like, I could dance to the whole set. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, which I've never thought about that, like, in Twitter over being a band you could, you know, 
shake your butt too. <laughs> it's a good feeling. Not though. sure I ever thought of Intuit over it that way, but yeah, sure. And I open to new experiences, I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's just more choruses on this album. It was intentional. Okay. Yeah. They, yeah. Didn't, they didn't just pop up. No, they they, it, just was, it was it was well thought out and calculated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting because like I read about how the the recording process is super secluded cabin. And well, the writing process was. Record, okay, the writing the, process. The recording process was us in the mission in San Francisco, so we were okay. we were in the thick of it. But okay. um, yeah, we wrote the record in an isolated cabin, maybe like two hours from the closest major city uh, in Vermont, which was not this past. January, but the January before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the, some of the songs on the album, like anesthetic, maybe seem like cabin songs. They're yeah. just like very very cozy acoustic tracks. seems like kind of a contrast how some like the more rockin' songs came out of a setting like that. Um, I mean, a lot of that was just us, like regardless, we weren't writing with the scenery in mind. You know, we were writing yeah. with the experience in mind and how we could push ourselves as mus- musicians and creative forces. And so a lot of that was us being like, well, how fast can you play the song? How fast can you play the song? Mm-hmm. Can you play it fast? Can you play it faster? Can yeah. you play it, like, how, uh, or even with an- in the case of anesthetic, how slow can you play it? How slow can you play the song? And um, which really, you know, which is why we were there. We were there to become better players. We were there to be, uh, become better communicators. We were there to, um, yeah, challenge ourselves creatively. Yeah. I think that the record is a result of all of those things. We're, we're, and both of you were on hand for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah just Josh, the, it was just the two of us. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. Yeah, so, yeah, talking about the tour, it's a really great lineup you guys put together with World is a Beautiful Place opening sidekicks and uh pine grove mm-hmm. it seems like one of those lineups where it must have taken a lot to get it together because i feel like in a little while it's gonna be hard to get all those bands <laughs> together at the same time like take really? me through that putting that that all together um well sidekicks and pine grove actually came together pretty easily it was uh you know i i really love that sidekicks record so i asked them to do the tour and they said yes right away so which was really really cool mm-hmm. um i was kind of concerned because members of that band play in a bunch of other bands as well and like uh, one of them being called St. Seneca and the other one being called All Dogs. and um, So there's a lot of uh, other commitments that all of them might have at any given time. But Psychics were available. They wanted to do it. They were ready to go. And then Pine Grove, um, my old friend Greg is their booking agent. He'd been asking me about us bringing them on tour for a long time and uh, heard the new record and I loved it. And so... And the release was coinciding. Yeah, like their album was coming mm-hmm. out right when the tour was starting. So it was like, this is perfect timing for them. This is perfect timing for us to bring them. Um, so those came together super easily. Bringing World Is took a long time to figure out only because we, um, we were trying to find uh, a band to be the direct support slot. And I hadn't thought about World Is because we did a headlining tour with them two years ago. And I just hadn't thought about it because of that. It was like, oh, we toured together before. Like, I, you know, I'd, would that be weird to ask them again? And, you know, we'd asked a bunch of people and a lot of people were all kind of doing the same thing we were doing. Like, they were all doing their own headlining tours. And so we were at the fest in Florida and 
uh, World Is was also there, and I was like, hey, you know what? Actually, like, would you guys think this was weird if we asked you to do this tour? Like, I know we did this mm -hmm. before, but would you want to do it again? And all of them, it was like a resounding yes. So it was like, okay, awesome, cool, great. This is the lineup. Yeah, like, easy, um, great. I don't know why I hadn't thought about it before. I just like, it, you know, I kind of thought maybe people wouldn't be excited about that idea, but considering they just put out a great new record, and um, I'd just done a really successful U.S. tour as well, it was kind of like, man, this makes me just bring our friends. We know it works, so let's do it. So it just popped up in conversation down at Fest. Yeah, That's I'm just like, hey, do you guys want to do? You guys want to tour the United States with us again? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we had an awesome time last time, so yeah. Is that how these things normally come up, or sometimes it's just like a formal email or your people talking to people? Is it? It's a little bit of both. Yes. Yeah. I think in the case of Intimidor, though, um, a lot of the tours that we've done, or that I've done, or um, that are like headline, like us headlining, are very well curated and very well. Uh, we are relationships with these bands already, and so for us to ask them to come is it would be a personal thing. Like I would reach out personally and be like, mm -hmm. "Hey, do you guys want to come with us on this trip?" And um, yeah, I I prefer to work that way. I mean, if a band was going to ask me to go on tour, I would love it if the band asked, like personally came. To right. Us. So. I like to try to give that same level of respect. Yeah, is it daunting coming on after Into It Over, or coming on after uh, uh, World Is? Not at all. Not at all. Because they're pretty epic the way they close things down. It's just a different style altogether. Like, yeah. we're not the same band in any way. Yeah. So, you know, it's... it's I, I'm not intimidated by that whatsoever, and I don't think... More or less, it's been inspiring. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I guess I don't really parse it that way. Like necessarily. Yeah, I don't know if it, like, like it's not a competition. Well, how are we gonna follow that? It's more like that was incredible. I feel like playing my instrument now. Yeah, yeah. you know, and we've got our own okay. vibe. Like our, they're a very like dark and somber vibe, and we're the one. You know, we like to have fun and be, you know, fucking good at our instruments. And so that's it's just a completely different style. So like, world is kind of brings you down, and then we're there to like, okay, lift everybody back up. Um, but I think there's things that are equally exciting about both, like, I mean, really, frankly, about every band on the tour, and it's just different things that each band is really good at. Yeah. Um, yeah and so I think that's been the special thing about the tour, too, is it is everyone, you know, it's all rock bands, uh, but it's a really well-curated evening, you know? It's and very people curated. People sticking around yeah. for the, yeah. the entire show. Like, yeah, people show like up, see Pine Grove, you know, there's an up and down, it, like, the, it moves. There's a dynamic to yeah. the show. Which is what we wanted. I want a show to feel like you're listening to a record, and like your favorite records are the ones that are dynamic. You know, yeah. like, so if the show feels that way and there's a nice arch, then people leave the show being really psyched at what they just saw. So, and they also don't get tired, which is the other thing. Have you been on any tours before that were kind of like this with the the whole arch you're talking about? Have where there's been a really good one or no no arch? I guess you. I guess because I'm about a babble, but I'm thinking about another <clears> tour that just had a very good you know flow across it of different vibes <sighs> well when we did the same tour with world is and great big pile of leaves a couple mm. years ago that was a pretty similar one because we would also choose there were local bands on every show and we would handpick the local bands for every show so right. was, we were able to curate that as well um as far as another tour we may have done with a really good arch i really liked uh, the roswell kid us doing direct uh, forget, up forget kids. up kids yeah like, i thought that was a nice vibe yeah that was a really nice vibe um and then also, uh, I thought Hostage Column Us Saves the Day was a nice vibe. Yeah, that was a cool. Um, yeah. Was that the Get Up Kids show in New York like last December? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I really wanted to go to that one, yeah. but I couldn't make it. I had a room pause, actually. Yeah. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah, because um, you, you guys have opened up for a bunch of like 
older acts like in, like really influential emo and indie bands like the Get Up Kids. Uh, I saw the Mineral Reunion. Yeah. What are what are are there any I'm missing? What are some of the other bands? Um, I've done. Uh, I did a couple shows with Texas is the reason. Um, we did the one American Football Reunion show. We did that show. Uh, did a small West Coast tour with Owls. I did. Um, what else was there? Uh, those are the only ones that really like come to mind immediately. Yeah, as far as like heritage bands are concerned. Yeah. Yeah. We're at, oh, Promise Ring on New Year's Eve. We did that. Okay. Oh, that was sick. Yeah. That was this New Year's Eve? Yeah, yeah. The, that was Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They were doing a show at the Metro, and Dan, their drummer, hit me up on uh, a direct message on Instagram and asked me if we wanted to play. And it was like, it was the perfect timing because I always hate planning what we're going to do on New Year's Eve. Mm. It's like, oh, cool. This is a thing that, like, all of our friends are going to be at anyway. So now we just have New Year's Eve plans. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> 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 it's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, how does how did this all come up with like kind of being the go-to bands for these sort of um Mike Kinsella? No, no, no. I mean Mike and I were friends from before, but Mike Mike's not the person who would ask me to play. I mean actually frankly Mike and I are both managed by the same company, so. Okay. Um but that's no, I mean Mike is not my connection to <laughs> to Texas is the reason or Promise Ring or any of these people. Those are mm-hmm. all people that I became friends with independently. Um, I think within any scene, involvement is key. Yeah, I mean, and people yeah, just become friends yeah. and know each other and, mm. and meet and communicate, and it's it's just like anything else. Mm. Yeah, and I guess from just, like, being involved and, like, having projects for, you know, about 10 years plus, it just it comes with that, just yeah. being embedded in that terrain. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. where we all came from. Yeah. I mean, everyone came from the same kind of, like, punk and indie rock background where it's, mm-hmm. it's all about just being friendly, you know, yeah. and that's the biggest part of it, you know. You get a reputation for being a nice person, and it just becomes word of mouth, and then people introduce you to other people, and yeah. those friendships last forever. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, for you as a performer and for Intuit Over It as a band, it's very easy for us to be in those situations because we are those people, like they are us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like it's easy to have a conversation with those folks. Yeah, we did a tour with Minus the Bear, and they were like the same, it was like the same exact wavelength as us, just maybe like five years older. Okay. You know, and they, you know, new. It was really cool to see a band that has been around for so long and be as popular as they are. Also, be so warm and friendly to the four of us. You know, and immediately embrace us and immediately, like, be looking out for us because we were the band that they brought on tour. Yeah. Um, which is kind of rare sometimes. You know, not every band that you go out and support is going to be friendly that way. So, you know, that's inspiring to us, and it's also like, you know, and they made it very like, yeah, we're from the same world you're from, man. Like, you know, that's yeah. really cool to see. You know. Yeah, because I'm sure there's lots of acts you tour with now, and you can kind of empathize with that, where they're like so stoked to be playing with you guys. Oh yeah, I mean I like to think so. Yeah, I mean we uh, we do our best to try to look out for whoever we bring. You mm-hmm. know, we're, we because we've been there, we've been that band that's opened the shows and made a hundred dollars or less. You know, and we've been the band that's had to do the long van drives when another band is touring in a bus, and we've been the band that yeah, like you just drove twelve hours, and here's your three fair squeeze or your three square feet of stage space. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. having yeah. a cram on there, you know, like we've been that band, right. we've done those things, and <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, and we want, you know, to not put another band through the same kind of hellish experiences we might have experienced in this band or in other bands. Yeah, and it's interesting, I'm putting together now how there's like this middle ground with you guys where there were like the influential artists who you looked up to, and you're in between, and then there's a lot of artists who look up to you guys by now. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. Hmm. I guess like most artists would have some sort of middle ground like that, but 
for you, there's just a good amount of both of it. It's sort of, it's, it's a very middle ground. And it's a common respect between both sides. You know, like we respect our elders as much as we respect our youngers. <laughs> respect the elders. <laughs> yeah. Are there any, like, artists who have influenced you a lot who maybe are out there touring now where you feel like, ooh, it's a possibility who you would really be into opening for? Um, yes, but I don't want to jinx it. You don't it. want to I don't jinx it by telling you. Because <laughs> if I say it out loud, then it may never happen. I would <laughs> love to go on tour with Fucked Up. Yeah, okay. yeah that was a band yeah, we talked like, about. That is, like, absolutely mm-hmm. a band that I would, yeah. Yeah, there'd be a good arc there, too. Totally. With, like, vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we're, we're a loud band. You know, that's another thing we really try to be cognizant of, is, mm-hmm. like, how is our tone and how loud we can be while also still being dynamic and um so i and we all came from kind of a hardcore background so we feel like we could at least cut our teeth i think we could hold our own (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean if that were ever a possibility if fucked up's listening (laughs) (laughs) have you ever opened for sunny day or played alongside them no but they're my like top two favorite bands of all time so yeah i would love to do that um that would be it that'd be the end i'll be all like it would be like okay i'm never opening for another reunited band ever again <laughs> that's it that's the last one it'll never be better than that <laughs> when you a second ago didn't want to jinx it was that maybe the artist you were thinking about no that wasn't at okay, all. I, okay. I, well, I don't think about opening for bands in terms of like who well first of all you asked what bands are still going okay so I wasn't thinking about that but I try not that's to okay. consider like fantasy uh, broken up kind of um heritage bands as, yeah. as bands that we've, yeah. we've done that a lot and it's not you know um, of course we're like honored to go on tour with those bands or like do an opening show for them but that's like um, I think we've gotten most of our fill of what we would love to see and also experience mm. we've yeah, pretty I, much seen yeah. and done yeah. it all we've I mean, seen and done it all of, yeah. <laughs> in terms of like the middle ground that you're talking about like being in a position where bands can look up to you and in turn you can also look up to bands like it's great to be able to be in a position where you can support heritage acts all of the time, but at a certain point you start to coin yourself as that, so yeah. that becomes a slippery slope. Also, uh-huh. right. you don't want to just be that band that plays yeah. all of those shows, the band <laughs> which is basically yeah. what I brought up. Like, five yeah, minutes. and yeah. it's like, and you know, and we're aware of that, you know, but it's also it's hard when when a band whose records meant a lot to you asks you to play a show. Like, why would you say no? You know, like there's no mm-hmm. reason to say no, but yeah, it's you just don't want to be like that be the only thing you do you know mm-hmm. like how do you feel about legacy bands getting back together in general i mean it doesn't bother me. it doesn't bother me i i i mean having just played a reunion show with my old with my old band this past year and having as much fun as i did because i had a ton of fucking fun mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i can't fault people for having nostalgia you know i have nostalgia all the time yes yeah. it's, it's and frankly, a lot, a lot of times those songs are like super fun to play, and you're with your friends and you're hanging out. You know, it's, I, I would only be bummed if people were getting together and they just did not get along at all. Mm-hmm. And that's like, well, then why are you here? You know, like the point is to relive this exciting moment where everyone is just like really happy to be there and experiencing the same exciting thing. At least in my mind, I wouldn't be, but I've always been more inclined to be drawn to vibe instead of money. Yeah, and I think it's the way in which bands choose to do it, too. You know, certain bands have just chosen to do a few festivals and play a few 
really marginal shows and certain bands have chosen to write a record and release that and then announce that they're getting back together and doing a tour and I think that's a really great look you know because then you're not relying on the legacy yeah you're relying on just being a band yeah yeah are there any artists who you like look to as sort of like models or guidance when making decisions with these sorts of things like what will Intuit Over It do no Intuit Over It's a fucking pirate ship yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) right. we play by our own rules and do our own things at all times Um, and if we want to do something we will and if we don't we won't and so okay. um, I think that's a big part of why the band is so commonly misunderstood, but I also think it's a big part of why we're able to do a lot of the things we're able to do hmm. um, and operate on our own terms, which is something that when I'm able to look back on this project you know, years and years down the line, I don't have to feel like I compromised anything. You know, I can, and if I was going to blame anyone for anything, I could blame myself. You know? um, and that's a big... That's that allows me to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think at a certain point, like there obviously are people that had a roadmap. There are obviously people that influenced, but I think at this point too, all of us are just sort of in this relatively uncharted territory. Yeah. So, like we're all using just past experience as our guide at this yeah. point. We're just rolling the dice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when you said that the band is like misunderstood by lots of people, what did you mean by that? Um, I think well because I think people have a hard time trying to peg down what they don't quite understand. And I think the fact that Intuit Over It does, like I've never made the same record two times in a row. And how uh, there's something kind of unpredictable about what Intuit Over It's gonna do at any given time. I think that is hard for people to necessarily latch on to because there is no, like yeah, while we've been like lumped into a couple different genres, we're not really super, into any one of them, you know, it's what like what could you be talking about? We kind of like ride on this periphery of what of what the band should yeah. sound like, and, and no other bands sound like us, and we don't really sound like any other band. So it's kind of like um, that's hard for people to peg. That's mm-hmm. hard for people to like to fit us into a hole, and people do, but it's kind of you know sometimes just for like because journalists are fucking lazy. But like <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> rock and roll doesn't count as a legitimate genre. Yeah, anymore. you can't, you can't just, just say you're like a rock band. Thing, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think it's tough for people to kind of figure out exactly what Intuit Over It is. You know, there's no, is it like, a, is it just me? Is it a band? Is it, uh, you know, we have, you know, three full-length albums and then also a ton of splits and EPs in 52 weeks and, like, none of it, it's all vaguely the same, but none of it is, like, totally exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and that's how I like it. I mean, I started it with 52 weeks, so that way, if I were to write anything in the future, it, there'd be a line you could draw from 52 weeks that would make it make sense like Mm -hmm. i could do anything after 52 weeks because i did it all on 52 weeks like whether it was synth stuff or rock stuff or acoustic stuff or minimal or not minimally layered you know like anything i did it on that record so it's to me it doesn't feel weird but to a lot of other people like you go from making a record like proper into a record like standards and it's like or especially intersections like where do you draw the line there is no line and that's but that's how i like I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, I wanted—I don't want to hear a band make the same album twice. It's fucking boring. But nobody wants to hear. Yeah, the style's really no style. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> There's no know, style. Like, cool, it's my style. Yeah, I, I think for fans and music listeners, it's just easier to get into stuff when they have like an easy word to attach it to. And be like, oh, it sounds like this. Yeah. And this other band I like is also called whatever, so I, I would probably like Intuit over it. Right. But it's hard to do with us. So that's, yeah. that's what's made it difficult. for. That's why we're misunderstood. Um, mm. But I kind of I dig that also. You know, and, I think that, and that also creates a really strong connection with the people that like the band. Because the people that do get it really get it, and the same people—I mean, there's people who've been seeing Intuit Overt shows for six years yeah. now and are at every single show that you know I play in their town, and it's just because that bond is—and like I know them by name, and like we like are friends, you know—and it's like met because they're just fans of the band, and it's—it's um, it's pretty cool. It's a really personal interaction with a, fa- a really strong fan base, and that's to me way more important. Yeah, and by no means do I mean this in a way of like taking it for granted, uh, but there is because it, I mean the fan base especially because it was built in such a grassroots manner, it insulates the band a little bit, even if it never makes the huge step forward, like there are people that like really get it and really, really care about it that probably yeah. aren't going anywhere. Yeah. Huh. I'm trying to think, like, for the people who really get it, those people who you recognize at shows who have been to a lot... Like, how would you say they get it? Like, is there a way you can express that? They're just, it, the songs just mean a lot to them. And the way they talk about the music isn't, it doesn't seem like we're, uh, like, a fad or, like, okay. something that is, like, the people who come up and talk to, talk about it tour are like, hey, your music is really important to me. Mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, I really like that record. It's like, like your record is this has really helped me through some stuff you know and it's this kind of way like those are the right like those are the things I would say to a band if if it was true Mm -hmm. you know like you don't just say that to a band you know like your record really helped me get through the like some really serious dark stuff you know and it's like you say that when you mean it you don't say that just for like to try to like compliment a musician you know what I mean if you were just trying to like air a compliment you'd be like I love your band you know like that's but that's not the kind of compliments we get like the kind of compliments we get are very are very serious and heartfelt and warm, and um, and they're not creepy and they're not dismissive and it's it's just very uh, well spoken and well articulated and with a lot of care, and that's something you can you can just sense you can tell you know and, and I think that's uh, gratifying. It really makes you feel like everything we're doing is worth it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, has there been some of that recently? Like maybe at the Irving show? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every show of this tour. Yeah. It's been it's been great, and I try my best to to hang as much as possible. It's just been really rewarding. Yeah, I guess that'd be like merch table, or if it's a place where you drove up and there's you know like a parking lot situation, just yeah. hanging by a venue wherever. I mean, it's all well considering how the project started. I mean, 
was me in my car selling my own merch, doing a lot, like doing everything by myself alone, mm -hmm. you know. And so a lot of those people, to ch kind of change that vibe would feel kind of disingenuous or like taking mm -hmm. away from kind of what people really love about it, which, or what I really love about it. Like that's what I really love about it. The interconnectivity is what is what makes it special, you know. Like otherwise, it's just playing song. Yeah. Otherwise, touring is unbearable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you, we were mentioning at the top of the show how it was like the Irving show was the biggest Intuit over its show yet, and how you don't really want to put like a, a cap on how big you want things to get with the band. Do you think there could be a point where it gets to be difficult to have that same genuine, intimate connection? Well, I mean, yeah, I definitely can't. It gets to a certain level and it just can't operate it the same way that it. It's not like me playing in your house and like fucking, you know, yeah. sitting around playing N64 with you guys. You know, like it's definitely not that anymore, but, uh, you know, I'm going to try to do my best to to keep it as real as possible at all times. Yeah. A waste of space Inspired sound improvements But piece by piece They all fall in line To what has been addressed As the youth in aftermath It's just like me To recover one another I'm another You, and you mentioned before how you're not just trying to not reinvent yourself, but not reinvent other artists, like who are who are, you know the sort of bands you tour with and whatnot. Does that get really? Does that become difficult, or is that just sort of something that comes natural? To reinvent myself? Yeah, to just not to make an album that's very different than Intersections. You know, oh, I like mean, that. well, I mean, it's there's the it's intentional in the way that. Josh and I are, are on it's a quest to yeah. yeah we're on a quest to uh, to excel and to learn more and to become better players and to push ourselves creatively at all times. I feel like if we got to the point where we couldn't expand our ability, it might be time to call it because that's that to us is what it really is like the satisfying thing about writing music is pushing ourselves and being able to like do stuff that we haven't done before, make sounds that we haven't made before, or write things that we haven't written before, and. Um, and if we are going to write something like finding new approaches to do things we already have done, maybe or like take find a way to make it different, because mm -hmm. if to just regurgitate the same stuff would just be, to us at least, pretty unsatisfying. Yeah, it is a heightened fascination with just the intersection of songwriting and technicality. Yeah, mm. like trying to keep it trying to keep it classy. Like though, I remember that one of my original goals, especially with the progress my old band, was to make it as technical as possible, but to where like people who are musicians could notice how insane the playing was, okay. but people who don't know anything about music yeah, could still really latch onto the song. And that's what's up, yeah, if it just and sits there in the periphery. That, that is like my ultimate goal, to write music that any listener can enjoy, but people who are players can notice how f fucked up the shit we're doing is. <laughs> 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 to, put it, to put it bluntly, like, you know, I want people to know that, that we know what we're doing. I mean, that sounds like the truth, and that also sounds really hard. <laughs> yeah, it is really hard. Yeah. That's why I got to go to a cabin for a month. That's playing 10 hours a day hard, man. <laughs> yeah, and is, is, that, is that what part where it's like, how fast can you play this? How fast can you play this? Yeah, well, and that's a lot of, I mean, time in that respect when writing is, there are the initial ideas that either of us have that are like, here's the idea. Do you like this or not? 
And then once that happens, there's the 10 hours that it takes to like be able to present a fully formed version of that yeah. idea. Or even be able to play the yeah. idea fluidly. You know, like many moments where you're like, I hear the guitar part and I can stumble through it, but I can't yeah. play it yet. And I gotta sit and play this guitar for hours until I can play this part. Or with the drum thing, like the song specifically that I'm referencing on the How Fast Can You Play It is a song called Adult Contempt. And the song, the drum part in that song is fucked up. I feel like the final because it was this slow groove that was written at like 120 BPM, and then it, it like, wound up landing on like 175. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That was like, yeah, how you know, I kind of wrote this like kind of slower groove riff to it, and was like, well, what would that sound like faster, you know? And then Josh is playing with the metronome, like just bumping it up five BPM until he could physically couldn't do it anymore. And we're like, okay, well then that's the tempo of the song is going to be. And then we recorded it five BPM faster. Yeah, on the record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So these people that come up to you after shows, I bet you get some gear people and some music people. Yeah, which is fun. That's fun for me. I I dig being able to riff on on stuff like that and talk about it. How technical do the questions get? They get pretty technical. Yeah, it's relative um, to person's knowledge base. But yeah, I that's mean, another thing about Intuit over at Fans is they are they smart. all play in bands too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are a band's band, and then um, we uh, band's band. Yeah, I dig being able to talk about you know what kind of amps we're using, and because we've gone through a series of setups of different different tonal stuff and guitars, amps, drums, mm -hmm. different things, and right now our setup is really pretty much my dream setup now, but it took a long time to get there, and um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun getting to talk about that stuff, kind of getting to geek out about this really specific... Like, no one's going to notice the fucking... the caps that are in my amp that make the amp sound the way they do. Nobody gives a shit about that kind of stuff. But there's one person out there just like me who's like, well, what cap? How does that amp work? And it's like, well, these are the caps in the amp, and that's how it works. And then, you know, they're like... I <laughs> <laughs> take out my phone and take notes right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like seriously, you say that again slower. But it, like everything we have, you know, most of everything we have on the stage is custom built, and so it's you know it's uh, to like the specs that we wanted and how we wanted it. And I think that's kind of cool. You know, I. It also helps that if we were to get robbed ever, which God for fucking bid, but if we were to ever get robbed, our stuff is so uber specific that we could probably track it down because a lot of what's on stage is one of one. You know, like, the two guitar amps we're using are the only two in the world that exist. Yeah, the drum kit was built for us. Yeah, the only, yeah. The only blue acrylic drum kit CNC ever made. So, you know, it's like, there's certain things like that that are, are you know, hyper-specific to us, which is really cool. Word, yeah. I mean, I don't really play, like, instruments myself, but I feel like there's a few rabbit holes right now that I could, like, dive into. Uh, yeah, gear you're going right to get really weird. I could try to <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> Um, yeah, just like talking about not wanting to reinvent yourselves or other artists. Are there just any things you especially see like in the scene that you are a part of now that you're really not into, or things that you try to like keep away from? Um, not into or try to keep away from. Or just um, things you try to avoid. I don't know about of try to avoid. I um, I'm frankly not the best with 
I'm not the worst either, but I'm not the best with like social media. And, um, and that's hard for me because I'm trying to keep a balance between having a life that's my own personal life that I can keep private and just be my own thing mm-hmm. and while also being open and uh, transparent with people who are excited. Like, like, you know, I have an Instagram account and it's like in my Intuit over an Instagram, but it's also my personal Instagram account. You know, it's like so trying to find that balance of like posting things that I'm doing as a human that are separate from music while also posting things that are about what the band is up to and trying to keep uh, a barrier between the two. And some bands don't keep a barrier at all. There's like no barrier whatsoever. And that's not to say that that's not right for them. It's just something that I can't do. And I don't know if that necessarily hinders or, or, or like is better or worse for Intuit Over It, but that's like a tough balance for me to find like the level of how much I feel like I want to share about my own life versus how much I can, uh, how much, how mu- basically how much I can share with them while still being like good at promoting the band. Okay. See, I think the Intuit Over It, I was just on the Twitter today, I think it's popping. I think it looks like you guys are really on top of it. Well, cool. Good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's like, there's friends we have that tweet that are like, or, you know, or, you know, bands in general that like just post, it's hard because you, you, you'll post a, a poster with tour dates on it and then I'll post a photo of my cat and the photo of my cat will get 300 likes and the photo of the tour poster will get like 20 you know and you're like why are you following this account (laughs) yeah like I I could create a cat Twitter I could human I can give Hugh the cat a Twitter if you know like if you want one but (laughs) but that's that's the that's the difficult thing you know and so when your bands are like, you'd feel like you may be like strugg- not struggling for content, but like you want to post content that's going to be successful. And sometimes the successful content is the stuff that's like about my, like me, like my personal stuff that maybe I don't necessarily want to share on the internet, you know? And that's um, finding that balance between those things is, is really hard sometimes. I think authenticity in social media is a very difficult thing to also find that, too. Yeah. And I don't mean like, authenticity in the way of um like this is genuine because it's the internet it's a projection of yourself Mm -hmm. i mean authenticity in the way where it's like a streamlined and nice aesthetic because you also see a lot of people doing things like i'm gonna just force this joke out because twitter is supposed to be funny for emo bands we're supposed to be quippy because there are a lot of people that do that there are a lot of people that do that very well but that doesn't make it everybody's style so you have a lot of i don't know a lot of people trying to create personas that aren't even real. Well, aren't even good, like fake personas for the projection of themselves. You know, like yeah. if you were gonna make something up, maybe you could make something up that suited your personality a little bit better. Yeah, or that was like genuine to you, or how you behave, and not just like memeing. You know, which is maybe that's just because we're old curmudgeon fucking people. It's probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool how with every tour stop lately, you've been putting something unique to the city on... Well, so that is different. That's because there's all of these internet algorithms that keep stuff from getting promoted via things like Facebook and stuff. And so if they keep seeing the same repeated tour poster over and over again, it will stop, oh, okay. it'll stop blasting it to all of the people that would, could potentially yeah. see this poster. And Instagram just switched to an algorithm two weeks ago. So it's like trying to trick the 
the system by posting something that doesn't necessarily look like your tour poster and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, but also while trying to be kind of funny about it. Yeah. <laughs> Put a Flyers logo on top of the Hey, man, I'm, well, I'm, a, I'm born and raised. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it. I know. It's been a, it was a hard day yesterday. <laughs> cool. Well, um, that's all I had in mind. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Um, no, I mean, the record's out. Uh, we're about to finish this tour and then go to Europe. And then when does this go up? When does this go online? Uh, within uh, within about a month. Okay, so by then we're home. We're home okay, now. Okay. We're hanging out. I'm gonna be asleep for two months. <laughs> we'll be back this summer, fall next year. So. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you so guys. Much, man. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, so that's it. I hope you enjoyed this podcast I just did with Josh and Evan from Institute over it. I had a blast. Yeah, as I said at the top of the show, I've been doing the Altenar Stars for coming up on a year and a half now. Tons of old episodes. One I think you'll really like if you enjoyed Institute over it was Beach Slang. Had them by the office a few months back, and we talked about stuff like this. Really all I try to do is think that I'm scoring John Hughes films. That's what I. That's, okay. That's really what I try to like. When I sit down to write, <laughs> write songs, it really is like I think to myself, if I were scoring a John Hughes film, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And then I think to myself, well, how would sort of Bukowski put language to this? And then when I have that, I'm like, okay, well, what chords would Westerberg put behind it? And then it's a beach slang song, mm -hmm. you know, and it probably falls well short of all three of those people, but like, <laughs> that's what I'm aiming for. So yeah, to check out Beach Slang, Big Ups, Courtney Barnett, all the recent episodes, all the old stuff that I've done for Alton Our Stars. Search iTunes in the podcast for the name of the show, Alton Our Stars. You can just go into the app on your phone for podcasts, search for it there. Or if you're viewing this, listening to this podcast on billboard.com, just go towards the bottom of the story. The last paragraph, there is a link there that will send to the same place where you can subscribe to the podcast and check out the old episodes. And also, if you could take in everything that you've heard in this podcast and give me a rating, one to five stars. Doesn't matter which rating it is. All the feedback helps. And any specific advice you might have for me that can't be translated into a star rating, just hit me up on Twitter. It's at cpainonaplane. That's C-P-A-Y-N-E. O-N-A-P-L-A-N-E. So yeah, that's all I have to say. We're back every Friday with a new episode on Billboard.com. Until next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.